Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast. Josh and Jell here live on a Monday. We are live. Check out our YouTube page and you can uh, watch our beautiful faces talk through a podcast. <laughs> Question. Define beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Question of the day today, Jell. We started off with one of these questions and you're stuck on a desert island. You can only bring three soda pops with you. What are you taking with? Ooh. <laughs> Number one, Dr. Pepper. It's that's my favorite soda, hands down. Uh, so that's that's an easy one. Number two. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, now if I'm there, do I have my ch- so three soda pops? Are these sober soda pops, or can we mix these? Are these mixables? I mean, you can use them Desert for Island. mixers, but like this is the only soda pop that you're bringing with. So, like, if you brought Coca Cola with, you could potentially have whiskey or some sort of other alcohol there to mix it with. But it's the only soda pop that you have. Well, then I have to put Coke on the list, probably, <laughs> <laughs> for that purpose. Uh, just to you know pass the time a little bit. If I'm stuck on a desert island, I got nothing else to do. Yeah. You know, might as well have a, you know, I guess he can't really have pina coladas, but uh, with obviously with with any (laughs) sodas. So uh, sorry, Rupert. uh, What is it? Rupert Holmes. Uh, Shout out to to that beautiful song, although it is a very dark song. It's about cheating on your spouse or cheating on your partner or him cheating on his partner. It's kind of a. It's so it's so it's such a happy sounding song, but if you listen to it, it's, it's or it's it's about two people like con- bored in their relationship, looking elsewhere for an escape. Yeah, <laughs> like this is where uh, what is it? Uh, oh, somethingmadison.com that uh, which was just a site for people that were married that wanted to cheat. <laughs> oh. God, I'm gonna figure out that I'm gonna figure out the name of that. Um, I can't believe I can't figure this out. It's so stupid. They ended up getting sued like for a very hefty amount because oh, <laughs> they uh, because they got hacked and a shit ton of people's chats and info got leaked uh, a ways back. Back when pretty much everything was getting leaked, uh, you know. So. Back maybe not quite a decade ago, but ways back. Uh, and okay, so I'll I'll throw Coke on there for that purpose, uh, along with you know Dr Pepper number one, number three. I think, and this is a specific one, but Culver's root <laughs> beer. Yeah. Culver's that's, root that's beer. That's a good root beer. <laughs> I have to say, cream soda is something that I think is extremely underrated. Yeah, that is a soda is that solid. is barely ever bought. And like, if you go to like a barbecue or something, or you know, or, or a grad party where there's generally a thousand different types of soda, you don't see cream soda out there that much. But it is. It's pretty damn good. Yes, I would I, agree completely. Underrated soda, cream soda, shout out. Not a sponsor. <laughs> but could be. 
If you play your card, <laughs> come <right>. on, cream soda. <laughs> Mine, I have two overlaps there: the Dr Pepper and the Culver's root beer. That's definitely the best root beer out there. If you haven't had it, go try it next time you're at your Ashley Madison. Ashley Madison, okay. And it literally says if you type that, if you type in Madison website to cheat, <laughs> AshleyMadison.com pops up. It says married cheat dating site. Have a local affair. <laughs> so, wow. That's ugh. shitty. July 2015, <laughs> hackers stole all of his customer data. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I trust that anymore. Probably not. Not that, if, not that I'd probably be worried about trust if I was looking to cheat on somebody when I'm married. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, sorry. No. You're back to your list? <laughs> yeah. Dr. Pepper and Root Beer both on there. And then my other one uh, outside of... I'm going to switch up the Coke and throw in some good old Mountain Dew, some high-octane caffeine for you to make sure I'm staying awake. <laughs> you know what? Let me uh, – I, I got to do so, I gotta do something here, a little switch up, and replace the Culver's Root Beer with Rooster Booster. Rooster Booster. Oh, Hell yeah. <laughs> Rooster Booster is it. That is everything you want in a soda. <laughs> it's like a cherry, orange, cotton candy – mixture of bliss <laughs> isn't that exclusively at road ranger is that right the gas and station it's sold at quick trip down here the qt the quick QT, trip with a q the worst of the two quick trips gotcha absolutely <laughs> way worse than quick trip with a k nice. but it does have rooster booster so it gets the edge only in that category okay i like it let us know what your favorite sodas are you can uh Tweet back at us and see what we uh, didn't list off for you today. But we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Type in Dead Arm Sports. Be the first thing that pops up. Again, we are live on YouTube, sure, on Mondays. And then we try to get on once the season kicks off. It'll be a little bit more regular and middle of the week uh, live recording for you as well. Make sure you subscribe, click the bell, so that way you know when we go live, and we will go ahead. <laughs> What's up? What's up, Joe? <laughs> uh, I'd rather save it for after the recording. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Maybe I'll share it on, on the next one. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. <laughs> we uh, can, can click on uh, YouTube, subscribe, click the bell. You'll know when we go live, and that way you know when our videos drop. Jell can be found at Das Jell. It's at D-A-S-J-E-L. I can be found at Das JPEC. That's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. Send us in any questions, comments, concerns you have about the show. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out. Before we get into the NFC East preview and some other information, Baker Mayfield trade talk, uh, we got to know what you're sipping on today, Jell. I am rocking the. This is the grand finale of my uh, my summer shandies okay. that that I got before uh, before the Fourth of July weekend. So left myself with uh, left myself with one left. Or no, sorry, two left. So after this one, I'll have one left, and probably gonna. Let's be honest. I'll knock both those out this episode. So. <laughs> Probably <laughs> <laughs> won't put it past you. I am sipping on some water today. So is that Summerfest oh. over the weekend? Had a big day there. Uh, I'll give a shout out to one of the IPAs I was sipping on there. Terrapin Brewing Company out of Athens, Georgia. It's the Hopsecutioner, nice seven percent, and it was delicious. So 
That, uh, Figured they'd be out of uh, out of Maryland. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking too. But I was kind of surprised that they were there. And so I went up and asked the lady. I was like, what brings you guys to this stand? Like it literally was like the only one outside of like Liney's and a couple of the other lakefront was there out of Milwaukee. And she's like, well, Miller bought us. So that's why we're here. I was, uh, like, oh. I was like, all right, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> that's uh, that's that, that answers that pretty quick. Yes. <laughs> And you saw so shows you saw out there. I know you you mentioned Thomas Rhett was, yeah, that, that was the main one week? that we saw at the stage. Um, and then there wasn't really a ton of other bands that were well known that were playing at some of the smaller stages, which I was kind of surprised for a Saturday. But uh, the Marshall Tucker band was there. They're kind of seventies, eighties rock band. And then um, Sister Hazel. I don't know if you know the song "All for You." But uh, that was there. Maybe if I heard it. (laughs) I remember one year going to Summerfest and we saw Wiz Khalifa on the free stage. Nice. That was pretty solid. That was like right when he uh, right when he really got going and we were in high school. So that was uh, that was pretty that was pretty sweet to see for free. Nice. But I've seen some other uh, really good bands. I mean, Atmosphere, seen them now twice and they've been on the free stage. Yeah. you know, I, I don't have a full list, but there's there's usually some really good shows out there. I don't know if things with COVID have changed them, and because tour dates are all, you know, two performers were basically unable to perform at least in full capacity crowds for two years. Yeah. So now I'm sure that most of the that most musicians, most artists are out there trying to recoup a little bit of money. So maybe they're not as willing to do some of the the lower lower paying shows like the free stage at Summerfest, for example. But yep. I'd, I'd assume Thomas Rhett was at the amphitheater yeah. yep. in Milwaukee. Yep. He was yep. the main headliner in that night. So. Yeah. The AmFam amphitheater it is. now. Yes, it is. Ya boy. <laughs> All right, Jill. We're kicking it off with some football talk, and we finally got the news that we were assuming was going to happen before the season started, and that is Baker Mayfield now has a new team. And he is on the Carolina Panthers, who faced the Cleveland Browns in week one. So we'll get to see him facing his former team, maybe. We'll uh, dive into that a little bit here. He's going to be supposedly competing with Sam Darnold for the starting spot. But uh, first off, what did you think of the trade? And then, yeah, let's let's dive right into that quarterback battle. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can't be surprised by any of it. Carolina is, Matt Rule is in a win-now scenario. He can't sit around thinking he's going to be able to fix Sam Darnold. Uh, Matt Corral, unfortunately, with this trade, I think we have to, uh, we may have to retire, at least temporarily retire the nickname Corralina <laughs> uh, from from the Panthers. So that's a little bit disappointing, but I'm not surprised. Matt Rule's in a win-now mode. They gave up a conditional fifth, so the compensation wasn't was obviously not high. I mean, Baker's going from number one overall pick to a conditional fifth. That's that's crazy. <laughs> uh, number one overall to that. I, it's I mean, it's not as deep of a fall as a Jamarcus Russell, but it's pretty steep. Yeah, the Panthers have but, what the first and third overall picks from whatever draft that was too. Didn't Darnold go number three? Darnold went number three <laughs> to the Jets. So, and shocker, by the way, <laughs> the Browns and the Jets are the two teams to screw up the quarterback <laughs> position in the top three of the draft. Right. Meanwhile, Josh Allen is 
one of the top quarterbacks in the league, Lamar Jackson, also in that same draft, has won an MVP. And Josh Rosen, we don't need to bring his name up. He's obviously irrelevant at this point. I think on his third team, if he's even rostered right now, he was a top 10 pick. And of course, it's the Cardinals that end up screwing up that one. So who are... It's historically not quite as dysfunctional as the Jets and Browns, but historically not incredibly successful of a franchise. Regardless, back to Baker. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess like we kind of saw this coming. It seemed like a pretty obvious destination for him. Carolina did or is only having to pay approximately five million dollars of his eighteen million dollar salary. So Cleveland's eating a lot of money in this deal. I'm sure that's, I mean, that's been the holdup, I I would imagine, on a deal ever being done. Yeah. But, you know, there, there's there's an article that came out uh, today by, or from uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, and it basically said that the Browns, you know, reported, and it had been kind of talked about before that the Browns, you know, management, executive management said that they want to an adult at quarterback. Uh, so hmm. it's not shocking that now after he's been traded, these quotes come out that, you know, the Browns basically viewed Baker as childish and immature and his behavior annoyed teammates and divided the locker room and was also difficult to coach. My thing though, on this is like all they're not talking about his play on the field. None of it is talking about his play on the field, which was subpar last year. Yeah. What they're talking about is his character. Excuse me, Cleveland. Do you realize who you just gave $230 million to? And you're talking about character? You just gave that you just gave that contract to somebody that had 24 women say file civil lawsuits against him. Two more women file criminal lawsuits. And you want to come to me and say that you did this because of Baker's character? Jimmy Haslam, the owner, is also one of the most one of the more corrupt owners out there. He's had he's he's duped uh he's duped out or tons of people, especially in some of the car dealerships that he owns. He's duped salesmen out of tons of commission. Does Jimmy Haslam really need these salespeople's commission? Probably not. How much can that commission really add up to for car salesmen? To the point where you feel like you need to dock that and do it in a shady way behind, you know, under the book. So, like, Jimmy Haslam, low character person, low character owner. Deshaun Watson, even lower, given how reportedly, allegedly, how he's, how he feels he can treat these massage therapists. Like, I mean, just, just hold on, Cleveland. Slow your roll. If you're going to come out here and attack Baker's character, I get that he's not a perfect person, but at least mention that he was subpar on the field. Everything that's coming out is about his character, his personality, and 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 everything, you know, his just just general demeanor. Not anything about his play. That's just the part about this that drives me absolutely up the fucking wall. <laughs> yeah. No, that's absolutely Clearly. ridiculous that they would say that. Just yeah, like you said with Deshaun. I mean, that's one of the most polarizing guys right now because of all of his off the field stuff going on. And then to throw that back at Baker saying <laughs> about his character and everything that's, 
Yeah, that's that's insane. But that doesn't, like you said, it doesn't surprise me with Cleveland Browns. It's been it's Cleveland, one of the most dysfunctional franchises, if not the most dysfunctional in all of sports for as long as I can remember. So, that, uh... I mean, the, the Lions, <laughs> they have been very bad for a long time, and they have, you know, I mean, Barry Sanders, Kelvin Johnson, two of the best ever to do it at their positions, and they both retired before they even got to year 10 because they were so sick of being in that franchise. But at least the Lions would, I mean, they show a little bit of loyalty to, you know, to to their players in terms of giving their quarterbacks a little bit of a runway, giving their players a little, their coaches a little bit of a runway. How many, it's, the Lions aren't burning through like 25 quarterbacks over the last 20 years like the Browns are. The Browns are, I mean, straight up embarrassment. Too good of a roster to be, it's a shame, if this roster was, if you took this roster, put it on another franchise, a more functional franchise, I think they'd be, I think that this, the Browns could win, could, could they be winning that division constantly, but it's the Browns, it's the, it's ownership and it's just the, the general dysfunctionality of that franchise that's holding that team and that roster and that talent on that roster back. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely with that. Um, now I guess it brings it over to Carolina. Is this, do you see this as an upgrade? I mean, I, I don't think that there's going to actually be a quarterback battle at all. And it honestly wouldn't surprise me if I'll get into this other part too, I guess, once we discuss the quarterback battle a little bit, but it wouldn't surprise me if we get closer to the start of the season, if Carolina is shopping Sam Darnold. I mean, ultimately I would assume you say Baker has the leg up on Darnold then, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think he's their starter. I don't think there's going to be much of a competition with it. I mean, Sam Darnold hasn't done anything. He looked okay at the start of the year for fantasy purposes, but that's because for whatever reason, he was getting a ton of rushing touchdowns. I mean, he had that, like, I think it was like three or four (laughs) weeks in a row that he had like at least one touchdown a game. And I think there was one time he had like multiple rushing touchdowns in one of the games, which is just he had two. He definitely had two rushing touchdowns in one of those games. And I think this is the thing is I think once defenses realized, wait a minute, he's not even beating us through the air. Let's just, let's just contain all we have to do for Darnold is contain him, make him throw the ball. And you saw the immediate regression week four, week five, once he wasn't able to run the ball as easily, how much he just completely dropped off. So it doesn't shock me. I I, I have to be honest, like I was pretty surprised even coming out of the draft at how Sam Darnold was being talked about as the potential number one overall pick. He almost kind of seemed to be the consensus number one from a lot of scouts, and I didn't really get it because watching him at USC, I mean, he never blew my mind. He always had a kind of a slow, loopy release, doesn't have great arm strength, doesn't have great accuracy. I never I never really understood the hype behind Darnold, and for him to, you know, again, the talks being about him going and should, you know, should be the favorite to go number one before it was announced that Baker or it was leaked that Baker was going to go number one. I never really understood it, so this lack of success doesn't really shock me on Darnold. I think it's Baker's job at this point. It's Baker's job to lose. You, I mean, you mentioned that you think Darnold could be shopped. I've got, I guess I've got two questions. What do you think he's worth 
what do you think you're going to get for him? A conditional sixth, a conditional seventh? And B, assuming Baker does win this job, how much better does this make Carolina? Does it make them any better? I think it makes them a little bit better. I mean, Baker has shown flashes at times where he can perform in a game where, I mean, Sam Darnold is just, he's looked so many times that he's out of there. I mean, what was it, his rookie year that he had the quote that he was seeing ghosts out there and stuff? And he just like, against the Patriots, yeah. yeah. Just, that can, that's something that can't be caught on a mic. <laughs> no. You got to say that like in the locker room if you're going <laughs> to say something right. like that. But I, I think it is a little bit of an upgrade there. Like you said, I mean, we're, what, two years removed from Cleveland making the playoffs? So, I mean, and beating the Steelers one in the playoffs. One full season yeah. so only. One full season, yeah. So the 2020 year. But, like, I don't I don't know. I it's, It is what it is. Carolina is going to be looking for another quarterback next year. It's just kind of a stopgap. And worst case, if you do – get success with Baker maybe you can sign him to a little bit friendlier deal but if he has any sort of a good season he's probably going to be hitting testing the market and then with Sam Darnold maybe if a team gets hurt at all but I just I don't know that I see both of those quarterbacks on the roster so maybe it's just a straight up release of Sam Darnold I don't know what his cap is though that he'd have to eat or else I mean, well, they picked up his fifth-year option. Yeah, so yeah, that's which be that's why they're in this position now, where they still have him rostered. Yeah, so and the Browns also picked up Baker's fifth-year option. In hindsight, both of those both teams yeah. would not have done that. No, would you see Sam Darnold as an upgrade if he were to get shipped out to Seattle? I mean, that's the only destination I mean, really right now Drew that Locke's doesn't win have MVP, anybody. So obviously yeah. not. <laughs> No, I, I, I really don't. I probably look at Darnold and Locke on the same pretty even playing field, honestly. But the interesting, uh, the interesting thing about that, Pete Carroll obviously has USC ties. Yeah. So, what do you do? I mean, do you throw, do you throw Carolina seventh and say we'll take on, we'll take this contract on? We got an, we got a little extra cap space now that we're not paying Russ. We can take on this contract. And a three-way competition between Locke, <laughs> Darnold, and Gino. The most pathetic three-way quarterback competition of all time. If you could combine all three of those quarterbacks, where do you think they would rank out of the 32 teams in the league? If you could combine those three guys maybe. into the one. <laughs> I, get, what, I mean, what do you do? The Where does... I mean, I guess Locke probably has the best arm, Darnold mobility, but the problem is none of them have any have good decision making. No. So that's ultimately that's that's where the the that's why all three of them have been unable to perform. That's why Drew Locke hasn't done anything. <laughs> He's got a nice arm, not the most accurate, but you know, decent arm, best arm of the three. But he throws picks for days. Yeah, and Pete Carroll, I don't think is going to be the one to. To get him to stop throwing picks. No. All right, let's uh, let's switch over from mediocre quarterbacks and talk about some quarterbacks that you might be actually drafting during your fantasy season and get into the NFC East preview here. So like the last episode when we uh, ran through the AFC East, we're going to go through, talk about some guys we like, guys we don't like for fantasy this year, and then we'll get into a couple of our top three draft targets that we're personally looking into. So... I'll kick it off. Previously known as the 
Fox NFL Sunday, 3.30 p.m. division. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who knows if that changes now with no Aikman and Buck, but good God, I'm finally ready for a switch up on watching the mediocre freaking Giants. Right. <laughs> no. For this uh, prime, you know, prime <laughs> afternoon game. Not, not ideal. So, all right. Um, I'm going to kick it off. We'll start off with the Cowboys. Um Guys I like, I like Dak still this year. CeeDee Lamb, I think, is going to come in and take over that Amari Cooper role. It's going to be interesting. I feel like he's going to have boom and bust games similar to what Amari Cooper had, but I think ultimately he's going to end up in your probably top 15, top 20 wide receivers. I like Dalton Schultz a lot too. Hopefully he gets signed on long terms, not playing under this franchise tag this year, but Dalton Schultz was a great target for Dak last year and then – I actually like Tony Pollard over Ezekiel Elliott too. Like we had touched on, I think a couple weeks back now, Gel, it was, uh, we were talking about Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, and Tony Pollard had a ton of flash last year, looked like the better back, more explosive. So Tony Pollard, somebody I'm targeting a little bit later on in the draft. And then um, I'm, I'm out on Zeke. Zeke, I've just seen too much of a decline. And I, I know some, if you go out there and some experts are like, nope, I'm still in on Zeke. He's, Fallen in drafts a little bit, and I like his value right now where he's at, and I don't. He's falling for a reason. You can see it when you watch Cowboys games, and I, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious we can all agree that Zeke is down, and, and his value just continues to fall. But I think the more exciting... So, that's let's just agree on that, So which brings me to the more exciting topic within that running back room is, how high do you take Tony Pollard? Do you t- are you saying that you would take Pollard ahead of Zeke? No. If if okay, no. so so but I'm so just I, passing I, on I, Zeke when he either. comes through. Yeah. Absolutely not. But so how high do you go on Pollard? I mean, at this point right now, he's just slated as a number two back, third down, change up type of running back. Do you throw him ahead of guys like you know, like a Kareem Hunt, for example, who is kind of in that same type of a role? Uh, Kareem Hunt is more proven, at least, you know, historically. Would you, where, where would you slot those two guys against each other? Right? Because that that really is the perfect comp in terms of opportunity and in terms of, you know, playing style or at least current opportunity. Yeah, I'm going to take kind of the cop out on this. I would take Kareem Hunt if Deshaun Watson is there. If Deshaun Watson's not there, I don't like the Browns offense with Jacoby Brissett. So I would take Pollard over Kareem Hunt in that situation. So that's kind of where where I sit with that. If Deshaun's there, Kareem Hunt could be an absolute smash play, and he's somebody that both these guys, though, all it takes is an injury in front of them, and they're an RB one, I think. So it's it for me again. Okay, let me throw let me throw let me throw Mar- Melvin Gordon at you. Then are you going Pollard? Yeah, I think I go Pollard. I think I'm with you there too. Yep. Any of the Dolphins running backs? No, <laughs> Pollard or Pollard, Pollard over yes. all of them. Okay. Yes. Okay. Hundred percent. I'm out on Miami <laughs> backfield. I tried Miles Gaskin that that mess a couple years back, and it just I'm no <laughs> out on Miami. Not great, Bob. <laughs> no. <clears throat> let me throw some. Uh, let me throw some Dak numbers at you. And. These there this is pretty telling. Uh it's a comp of him with and without Amari Cooper. So his career with Amari Cooper over 44 games, just over 13,000 yards, 88 touchdowns, 27 picks. 
That's over 44 games. Without Amari, 41 games, so just three games less. Just under 9,000 yards, 59, 55 touchdowns, 23 picks. So a three-game sample or a three-game difference, 4,000 less yards, 33 less touchdowns, and four less picks. So where do you put Dak now? I mean, we've seen that's that that is a very staggering difference. Yeah. No, that's it's just one receiver that makes that big of a difference. You're talking about four thousand yards. That's a full season's worth of passing yards, and it's only three less games. He's also gotten really post injury. I don't know how much Dallas football you watched last year, but his mobility is down. He doesn't have really in terms of pocket mobility, not the same as it was before his injury, yeah, his ankle injury. hesitant at times. Very hesitant, and his downfield speed, when he first came into the league his first two, three years, I mean, he was, when he would get going downfield, he could he could jet. I mean, obviously not Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Nobody's Lamar. But mobile enough to, and run up, you know, to, to make a genuine difference, both in fantasy and in just, you know, overall NFL analysis. So where do you put him here? I mean, is he, I'm, I mean, we're seeing some ADP where he does fall into that top 10, top 12. I don't think I'm there. I think I've got him maybe 15, maybe even lower just because of this now absence of Cooper and the lack of mobility. That's where I'm, that's where I'm at. Where are you with Dak? I think I'm okay with him in like that, probably like the, I don't know, 10 to 14 ish range. I still think he's going to be fine. It's just going to depend on how big of a leap CD lamb takes this year. And if CD lamb can step up and get into that wide receiver one talk, he should be fine. And the other thing too, that's going to hurt him um, Dak a little bit is the fact that Michael Gallup is looking at probably a September return. So you would think that he's probably not going to be at full go until probably October. He'll probably come in. They'll have him on a snap count and everything. So that's pretty big. Uh, they drafted Jalen Tolbert out of Southern Alabama, which he was pretty solid. That's, that looks like a so, that looks like a really nice pick. There's been some reports so far out of camp that he's been looking really strong. Yep. Yep. So he was supposed to go fairly high early on in the college season. They had him projected and there's talks of him even being in the first round, but I think just with him being at a smaller school, he kind of fell in the draft quite a bit, but no, Dak, definitely not as high on him as in years past, but I still think he's going to finish at the back end of that quarterback one talk for 12 team leagues. Would you feel in a 12 team league, feel comfortable as he, with him being your QB one? Yeah. Yeah, I would. So I'd, I'd want to make sure I didn't wait a while to have somebody else <laughs> for a backup. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with him rolling him out. Just temper your expectations from previous years for sure. Yeah, for, have to. Yep. All right, Joe, where do you want, uh, what team you want to head to next? I'll let you kick it off and go through your guys you like and don't like. Let's, uh, let's go over to the, the, the commandos, All the, right. uh, the Washington football team. And, uh, you know, I, I've got a few, just, you know, I, Carson Wentz to me, 
irrelevant at yeah. this point. I I mean, I'm not He's going to get, you know, he could be a QB2, but I'd rather I'd honestly probably rather go without a second quarterback unless you're in super flex of course, but I'd probably just go, <laughs> rather go without a second quarterback and and maybe stream on a bye week mm-hmm. over drafting Wentz unless he unless Wentz is your last you know, mystery irrelevant last pick in the draft. I'm not very excited about him. He just hasn't shown me anything nope. since he, you know, since really for his that, those, huge injury, <laughs> I mean, that that, was which was in his, 2018. Yeah. That's a long time ago yep. since he's been genuinely relevant. So I don't even want to talk quarterback beyond that. I hope you agree here. Correct. Yeah. Most <laughs> <laughs> uh, scary, Terry, Jahan Dotson, what do you think about that wide receiver duo? Are we looking at a dynamic duo here? Are we looking at Terry being ever getting close to what his value was uh, back a few years ago when that seemed to be when he was kind of at the height of his career? And then just and then with Jahan Dotson, what kind of a rookie impact do you think he can make? Yeah, I think for Dynasty, I'm in on both of those guys. I think Carson Wentz. I don't know how long he'll be there for, so I'm not too concerned about that. I think for redraft purposes, though, I'm probably just drafting Terry. I think he's the one that is going to get the bulk of the targets from Carson Wentz. Just got his new contract, so he's a happy camper right now. Got got his $98 million that uh, he was looking for, and... Yeah, I just I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to be able to support two wide receivers at all. I've uh, got samples from last year where Michael Pittman Jr. still had a pretty decent fantasy season and was an up-and-coming receiver, another Ohio State guy, and Michael Pittman there. But uh, with Carson Wentz being able to support him a little bit Michael last Pittman, year. In Ohio, did you say Ohio State? Pittman Jr., was he? USC. Oh, USC, that's right. Yep. <laughs> Come on, man. Man, dang it. Get um, your shit together, dog. <laughs> yes. But Carson Wentz supported him last year, and he was a pretty solid wide receiver. So that's why I think Terry I'm in on and Jahan is more dynasty. I don't I'm not targeting him in redraft. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm there with you. Uh running back wise, Antonio Gibson fading him so I'm hard out. in comparison to last year yeah. i don't know if are, i mean would you you're, you immediately said no yeah he's on my dislike are you is he <laughs> out are you out on antonio gibson unless obviously you're at a point where it's like unless he, you have no choice but to take a running back yeah unless he falls um i'm gonna look up quick so if you want to talk or whatever unless you have his adp yeah, and then, in front and then of the you. other and then the other running back that's in the room is rookie out of alabama brian robinson and we've we've touched on this quote before, but Ron Rivera, who has said that he envisions this Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson backfield to be similar, a similar split backfield to his days in Carolina when he had when they had Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. If you were an owner of one of those two running backs, they like had to be owned but you never felt great about starting either of them because they were both immense talents and could have been talents could have both been RB ones arguably, but you never know who was going to be the featured back that week. You never knew, or even when (laughs) 
you never knew if, if is Ron Rivera going to just ride the hot hand is Ron, or is Ron Rivera going to say, okay, D'Angelo Williams had a great game last week. Let's switch it up and now give the ball to Jonathan Stewart. Is it going to be the same way here in, in Washington between Gibson and Robinson? Who knows? That's the scary part, I think, about drafting Antonio Gibson because obviously uh, Gibson's going to be going way higher in any sort of drafts than, than Brian Robinson would be. Yeah, and right now, Fantasy Football Calculator website, uh, I've been going for my ADPs, Antonio Gibson's at the 210 spot, so right behind Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley. Yikes! And then running backs that are going <laughs> after... Yeah, running backs that are going after him that I like better, Leonard Fournette is the 303. I'd rather have Leonard Fournette over Antonio Gibson. David Montgomery's there at tied for 303. I'd rather have David Montgomery... Joe Mixon's at 306 in this one, which I don't, I'm gonna have to double check that because that doesn't seem right to me. He at should all, be going but, uh, significantly higher than that. He's, he's yeah, arguably J.K. Uh, Dobbins, I mean, Elijah Mitchell are right there. Probably too, a first so. rounder or potential first rounder. Yeah. So that's, that's iffy. But throw his name out. There's still a couple guys I'd rather have going after Antonio Gibson than taking Antonio Gibson in the late second round. That's a huge gamble and that, that pick right there could make or break your season. So especially if you're at the 210, you probably, although he, you drafted him as your RB2, but then if you're sitting with two running backs right off the bat, because the 10th spot, you probably got a Derrick Henry CMC if somebody fell there. Jonathan Taylor's probably going first. but So then if you're sitting two running backs, you're probably not going to third right there. So then you're taking a wide receiver, and then the bottom falls off. So unless you hit on some just kind of – <laughs> just good luck charm or a diamond That's in the rough later on in the need. draft you're gonna be screwed so yeah I'm, I'm out on him with his adp right now i got one other player i want to bring up from <clears throat> from the commandos and that is logan thomas yo boy i was obvious <laughs> i was extremely high on him last year uh never really panned out uh, he, i think his talent his talent is obviously there he could not stay healthy but even when he was on the field I mean, Ricky Seals Jones was still or 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 or, or. <laughs> uh, was still outplaying him some weeks. So we have seen Wentz though work with tight ends in the past. Going back, even you know, going back to his days in Philly with Zach Ertz, going back to last year between uh, Mo Alley, Hard Cox, and and uh, <laughs> the lawyer Jack Doyle. So <laughs> I, I I mean. Is Logan Thomas somebody that he can't? I don't think you're going to look at him as a as a starting tight end. Where does he rank amongst the backups? Could he be a starting tight end if you grab him really late and you're like, ah, let me throw a flyer on this guy? I I don't want to start him, but what do you, what do you see out of Logan Thomas this week or this this yeah, season? He, he could be one of those guys that maybe you take a flyer on late in your draft. He signed that contract last year, and again, injuries kind of derailed him a little bit too. He was hurt for a good chunk of the season, but it's just I just don't trust Carson Wentz anymore, and. I don't want a tight end in an offense that isn't probably going to put up a ton of points. And I don't know. I just a flyer for me, but he's somebody in my dynasty league. I actually dropped him this off season. I didn't even roster him and keep him around. So that's kind of where I, where it's I totally fair. Him, so, which is unfortunate. Cause yeah, I was really high on him. He showed a lot of promise. The year before was a monster and awesome. And then yeah, just kind of derailed a bit last year, but. 
You got anything else on on uh, Washington or Dan no. Snyder's uh, no. disaster of a franchise, or do we want to? Yeah. Keep, do we want to <laughs> no, keep on uh, get off this get off we'll this keep, uh, uh, this disaster? Another yeah, disaster we'll, of a franchise that, of course, <laughs> there's got to be yes. a few, I guess. Yes. We'll, uh, we'll get into some more positives here. We'll jump over to Philly before we finish off with the New York football giants. <laughs> yeah, let's please. Uh, let's let's turn this a little bit positive. Yep. Two guys that I have slotted in that I'm targeting in drafts, Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be really good this year. I just think his rushing upside for fantasy could end up putting him into that top five conversation depending on how much rushing he does but he's got potential to be a really high ceiling quarterback that you can get in the mid rounds of your draft and then I think I'm still in on AJ Brown he's switching teams so I'd temper it a little bit but he's still going to be the one I think Jalen Hurts main target here I think Devontae Smith's going to be pushed into that wide receiver too and might help him out a little bit but I don't those are the two guys I have. I'm kind of in the fence on Miles Sanders and Devontae Smith, so kind of wanted to talk that through you. And then Dallas Goddard, somebody I'm out on. I just, I just, There's been too many years where it's just, oh, yeah, this is Dallas's time to shine. He's going to take over Zach Ertz, and then Zach Ertz gets traded last year, and he still really doesn't do a whole lot. Right. So I'm, I'm just out on Goddard. So he's one I'm for sure out on. But kind of wanted to talk through the Miles Sanders because I know you're a little bit higher on him this year. We talked on a previous episode that he – did show some flash last year and looked pretty good. But again, with Jalen Hurts being a mobile quarterback, a rushing quarterback, they have designed rushing plays for him. Definitely scares me a little bit taking Miles Sanders, but what uh what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, the 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 problem I do like Miles. I would like him way more on another team. I think that his talent is sweet. He was a second round pick for a reason out of Penn State. I just you we run it we we ran into the or we run into this with any any type of running quarterback where you saw this you saw the this with the Panthers when they had Cam Newton. Cam was such a vulture that his you know his running backs were effectively ineffective. And uh Miles Sanders is going to run into this into this same thing with with Jalen Hurts being there. Additionally, they've got Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott is still there, so two guys to take receptions away from Miles Sanders. Yeah. I mean, Sanders is unfortunately going to be relegated to basically a two-down back and without being a goal-line threat. So, as much as I love his talent, it's the opportunity that worries me. I'm stuck there in like kind of with Sanders. I mean, he's I don't I don't even know where to take him because again, yeah. I, I he's going like in the middle of the 5th round right now for 80. See, I would I mean, be I guess, comfortable taking him there and then at that point you could flex him like where, you know, matchup wise, you could throw mm-hmm. him into that flex spot, but then you're not going to be forced to put him into one of your RB two slots or a weekly flex play, most likely you may maybe you know so that's probably about right. Maybe mid fifth round, maybe you know fifth round. That's probably perfect um, for for me with Miles Sanders. I'm a, I'm just I'm a little higher on him than I think you are because when he did come back and the and Philly did embrace that run game, we did see upside. 
Yeah. But it's one more but it's one more year of Kenneth Gainwell being in that system. It's it's a full off season of Nick Sirianni trying to uh you know figure out how to make this offense as creative as possible because they're going to tailor this run game they're, they're going to have this offense be t- tailored around Jalen's running game, Kenneth Gainwell's skill set, Miles Sanders' skill set, Boston Scott's skill set. I think the tight ends can get involved. I that's why I'm probably higher on Goddard than you are. And the addition of A.J. Brown. Also, how can we get uh, Devonta Smith more involved? I mean, I would it shock you to see a, a dual backfield with Jalen in the shotgun with Devonta Smith on one side and, and Kenneth Gainwell or Boston Scott on the other? That sounds like a pretty dynamic backfield, a lot more dynamic than Miles Sanders in that backfield. So... Yeah. I think it's going to be a really creative offense, which unfortunately may limit everybody except for Jalen Hurts in terms of getting touches, in terms of overall production. That's why I probably have to also downgrade uh, Devonta Smith, maybe not from last year, but from you know from from initial projections. You know him being a top ten pick, like he or was he what top? What did he go ten eleven ish? Yeah, it was right at 10-11, I think. So, I I don't think he's going to meet those types of expectations at least numbers-wise. It's just going to they're going to spread the ball around a ton, I think, because they do have a ton of weapons. And I don't see any single guy. There's no Christian McCaffrey on this offense that's going to get the bulk of the touches. It's going to be spread around. It's going to end up ultimately, I think, kind of sabotaging t- They're all going to sabotage each other. It's just cannibalization at this point. Yeah. Nope, I agree. Any other names you want to throw out there at all, or should we uh, move on to this last team? Let's uh, let's let's dive into the uh, very successful New York Giants. <laughs> I mean, all right. Let me just I'm... kick it off with. Okay. What the <laughs> hell do you do with Saquon? Well, on my list currently, my dislikes, it says any Giants, so I'm out. <laughs> that's about where I'm at. That's, that's, I'm, I just I don't like his draft spot. That. He's one of those. He's got, a, obviously, a lot more potential than Antonio Gibson. He's a way better running back than Antonio Gibson, but he's just one of those, too, that if you draft him, he's going to be making or breaking your season because he's going in that late second round, and it's – Again, he's going to be probably your RB2 at that point then if, assuming, again, if he's going late second round, the top three picks are typically the quarterback. So I think I'd feel more comfortable with him than Antonio Gibson just because the fact that he has the backfield to himself where he's not sharing it really. And But, again, I just – I don't know. (laughs) I just – between injuries the last couple years and the production, the Giants did – beef up their line a little bit but I mean if you're a defense you're trying to stop Saquon and make Daniel Jones beat you so that's <laughs> and NFL defenses can typically do that quite a bit so yeah I I mean how much of a risk is if you have him set in and slotted as your RB2 how much of a risk is this how much of a risk do you think you're taking or is He's or are you RB2. thinking like you said I mean is this is potential boom bust territory yeah, and I mean, as an RB2, I guess it'd be more comfortable than if he was your RB1, and if you're pairing him up with, like, a Jonathan Taylor, CMC, or Derrick Henry, then, yeah, 
but you're also probably missing out on a wide receiver or another running back that you could potential have that's a lot safer play. So I guess if you if you take a Jonathan Taylor, then maybe you can pair up with Saquon. With CMC and Derrick Henry both getting injured last year, CMC's second year in a row where he's been pretty irrelevant, then I don't know that I would take Saquon because that could be extremely oh, bad. Oh, if, if you end up with, with those, both of them, I mean, that's... And that, that is literally going to be like, you could end up absolutely killing it, or your season could be in the trash by week three if they both were to get hurt yeah. again. <laughs> yep. So that's kind of where I sit on with him. But, and then are you any wide receivers here that you're. I mean, all like thinking about? 14 of them that they have are yeah, all just mediocre. I, <laughs> I, 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 would li- I would like to draft none of them. I don't. I'm. I can't draft Daniel Jones. I. No. I mean, wait and see. Streamer, in a bye week, Mac. That's that's Max. That's Max, for anything Daniel Jones. Don't even think about him during the draft. No. That's all I've got for. <laughs> that's all I got on the Giants. I don't think there's much more to uh, expand on there. It's a bad team. No. It's a very yeah. bad oh. team. <sighs> <laughs> so uh who who do you got as your like top three guys then that you're kind of going into the draft from this division looking to looking to grab uh i mean the the easy quarterback to target here is is gonna be jalen hurts uh i but he's gonna be going early my only question is the same question i had last year which thankfully the eagles actually did figure out their offense but he gets injured, or he he runs a lot, so he could get injured. Although he's been he's been running the ball constantly since his time at Alabama when he started, and never never has dealt with any injuries. But still getting a little older. Every day you get older, and so <laughs> whoa, <really? laughs> spilling spilling the beans here. Fun fact of the day. <laughs> Bing. Uh, so I'm gonna start there. Uh, next guy that that maybe a sleeper that you can target would be Jalen Tolbert of the Cowboys. Not knowing what Michael Gallup, what he can handle, especially at the start, if he's not going to be any, if he's not, if you're saying he's not available till September. Yeah. I looked today and saw an article that they're thinking like a mid September return, which again, that's, that's missing, back, but he's probably going to be on a snap week one, count. Potentially week two. And that's no yeah. off season numbers. Michael Gallup also has functioned really well as the wide receiver three. So if Tolbert can come in and put on a show, he may be slotted as the number two and Gallup could end up just, they may just keep Gallup in that number, number two role. They did pay him. So it'd probably eat at Jerry's heart a little bit to put to not. uh, Does he have a heart gel? I mean, it's barely beating, but I think it's there. (laughs) Oh, sorry, Jerry. That was uncalled for. Uh, and and then the number three guy. That's hard. I mean, there's not a whole lot of guys I'm really targeting in this outside of. I mean, Tolbert, late guy. I don't really. Again, I don't love Gibson. I don't love Wentz. I don't. So I don't really love any of the Commanders. I clearly don't want any Giants. I guess. Number three guy would be Saquon if you are an owner that likes to risk it for the biscuit, but understand that risk. Just make sure you understand yes. that risk before making that pick. But I don't like Dak. CeeDee Lamb's going to go. He's going to go high, and knowing Dak's numbers without Amari, 
Who knows what that impact that CeeDee Lamb's going to have. Don't know what Dalton Schultz is going to be able to do now. I, I, I Just too many question marks on the Cowboys as a whole. Same thing with Washington. Same thing. All four teams. Question marks across the board. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't no, know. It's, it's definitely it's, it's risky. Not a great, for... It's not a great division. Yeah, our next episode, we'll talk about great divisions, but uh, we'll get into that uh, later in the week. But my three guys, um, echoing the Jalen Hurts right now, he's going late fifth round. So I think that's a great spot that you have potential for quarterback one, quarterback two on the season. If everything goes to plan with Jalen Hurts, he could be right up there and could potentially be a league winning quarterback for you that you could get in the fifth, sixth round. I've got Terry McLaurin down on here right now. He's going at the 405 spot. So I think at, if he's at the 405, that more than likely Mr. means he's your wide receiver too. But, yeah. <laughs> Mr. 401. <laughs> but uh, no, he that's probably a wide receiver too for your team. So I'd be comfortable with Terry as a wide receiver too. Yeah, could have a week I'm good with that. I like that. You. So as long as he's not your wide receiver one, I think it's just it's really risky to have him there. So I think his draft spot right now is okay. And then I actually like Dalton Schultz right now. He's going at the 7-Eleven spot. Shout out uh, to 7-Eleven, hashtag not a sponsor. Live but, on, uh, we are recording live on 7-Eleven <laughs> as well. Oh, we are. Ooh, I guess uh, so that means uh, the stars are aligned to, right now. Uh, Dalton to those Schultz watching is going to be live, the tight end one are, on the season. 7-Eleven uh, is giving away free slushies today if they have any left in uh-huh. stock. So they do that every 7-Eleven. Uh, so if you are Fun watching fact. live and you're able to catch this, Make sure to go out, get yourself a slushy, and go fill up on some uh, gas prices while they're nice and high. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, Dalton Schultz there because he could potentially crack the top five tight ends if he has a decent season. So I don't mind his draft spot for taking him there in seventh, eighth round. So those are kind of the three guys. Again, I'm out on the Giants, out on Washington's backfield, and. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much yeah. it. So, <laughs> all right, Joe, got some golf to recap here. Got the Genesis Scottish Open over the weekend. Genesis and, just, uh, I mean, how much are they paying for these sponsorships? This is now their second sponsored tournament. The Scottish and yeah. the and the Invitational the Tigers Invitational. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so. No, Xander had last two starts and two victories, so he is playing some great golf right now. Finished with seven under. Kind of a not a great final round for anybody. Nobody really shot too low. It was just kind of hold on and uh, hold on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, what did what did you think of the Scottish? I mean, everybody obviously trying to get in, get used to the elements, wind, rain coming into the Open Championship this week. We'll have that preview for you on our next podcast. Make sure you tune into our draft there. But what what were some of your thoughts from the uh, Scottish Open over the weekend? Overall, a uh, successful betting weekend for yours truly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went into. Uh, or Xander went into Sunday morning with a two shot lead, went and checked the live betting and saw Xander was available at minus one ten to win the tournament. So I dropped down a, a, uh, what, who's on the 20? Is it Jackson? Andrew Jackson? That sounds right. Andrew Jackson. Dropped down a, uh, an Andrew Jackson plus an Abe Lincoln, <laughs> AKA 25 bills on, uh, <clears throat> on Xander Shoffley to remain the leader through Sunday and win the tournament and that cashed. So up 25 bucks this weekend. 
So I'll take that. Nice. But overall, I mean, you got to be impressed with Xander's play. It's his fourth win in the calendar year. That also includes his Olympic gold uh, in 2021. Is he the? I mean, right now we we this is what we were saying about Scotty Scheffler at the beginning of the season. It was obvious that he was the hottest player on tour. He's fallen off a bit. Xander Shoffley, you have to look at as the hottest player on tour right now. Yeah. I, mean, no, I guess I mean, that's no supposed to be formed as a question, I mean, but do you? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, you can't get much better than your last two starts and two victories. So, <laughs> Good, I mean, yeah, true. Yeah, it's pretty hot, and Stay especially hot, got. Another tournament over at St. Andrews again this weekend. So I, yeah, I think he's pretty, pretty solid. Wish uh, I hadn't picked him uh, earlier on in the season, so I could possibly have him as an option for this. Xander hardly uh, know her. Yeah. <laughs> One of the other guys that I guess going into, you know, it looked like John Rahm was kind of turning a corner. Your boy he never has. He just has <laughs> not turned a corner at all this season. Are you worried about him going into this upcoming tournament or are you still ready to to ride, you know, ride with him because he hasn't gotten it going all season. I don't he looked he looked like he was in pretty good shape this tournament if he, you know, if if Sunday he could have just gotten red hot, which we've seen him do, and instead he got ice cold and finished the round uh, you know, finished the round outside the top 10, I believe, finished I believe Sunday finished four over and way out of contention. Yeah, I'll just kind of recap our Drew Locks because he was the one that you picked last week had going up against Will Zalatoris, and I was uh, not happy Will Zalatoris put up a nice uh, plus five, missed the cut. Uh, so got that uh, <laughs> tiebreaker one back again now. Add another one on there for missed cuts for me, <laughs> but was happy when I looked on Sunday and saw that John Rahm also finished at plus Garbage. five. So no strokes, uh, no strokes lost for this Garbage. guy. But yeah, finished at four over and he just hasn't been able to get it together. So no, I'm not I'm not in on him to all of a sudden find his golf game in a major championship at the 150th Open Championship at St Andrews. I just I don't see it happening there. So I'm no, I'm not a not a fan of John Rahm. Hard to be. And then just one other one other player I want to touch on is Jordan Spieth. He after Saturday looked like he was going to be sitting right there. He was actually the number two favorite going into Sunday uh, behind Shoffley. I had to, I had a little bit of a decision to make because the winnings would have been um, like epic if I had taken Spieth and he would have won. Went with the safe bet and with Shoffley obviously paid out. But what kind of momentum do you see him coming into this tournament with or leaving, I should say, leaving the Scottish Open with? Because through Saturday, he was right there. He was in contention. His front nine looked really good and then completely pissed himself on the back nine with what was it three bogeys and a double three bogeys and a double he had two birdies sprinkled in there too two birdies on the front and a bogey so it was a colorful scorecard for no Jordan kidding. Spieth this last week but I like him if you were putting down some coin on like a top 10 but to win outright I I just don't know he's been too inconsistent at times and he'll put together three solid rounds but then he'll just have one round in there that just breaks his tournament and if he isn't out to a pretty substantial lead or a comfortable lead that is going to put him out of contention so I 
I don't know, top 10. I'd, I'd feel comfortable putting some money down. I don't know what his betting odds would be for like a top 10 finish in the open, but I think that's kind of where, where I would sit with Yeah, that. recording live on a Monday, I have not seen, I don't think those lines are out yet for top five, top 10s. Uh, but <clears throat> this is the thing with Spieth is it's, he's either like on fire or shits himself. And that's hole to hole. As we saw in the back nine, <laughs> yeah. it's not tournament to tournament. It's not, it's not, yeah. it's not month long stretches. It can change like that with him. So I don't know. I, I guess that's why I asked you the question, what you think on him? Cause I don't know what to make, <laughs> what, what to make out of anything from Jordan. Yeah. All right, anything else to add with the Scottish Joe? Should we wrap let's, her up? Uh, let's wrap her up, Bubba. All right. Again, we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's at Dead Arm Sports. We'll be popping up there. Make sure you check out our YouTube page, Dead Arm Sports. Subscribe, click the bell so that way you know when our live Ding. episodes drop for sure on Monday. Ding. <laughs> and uh, usually, once the season starts for football, we'll get back to a more regular schedule as well. Both Jell and I are taking in all the advantages of summertime here. Big you know, Jell's been loving his uh, triple-digit weather down there in Dallas. So. Nice, uh, <laughs> nice spicy 103 today. Probably right Ooh. now, live at about 7.30 p.m. Ugh, Yikes. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> but make sure you click that bell. You'll know when our episodes drop. Jell can be found at DosGel. I can be found at DosJPEG. Send us any questions you have. If you come on live on YouTube, we got the chat popped up, so you can ask us any questions there. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Write a review for us. Greatly appreciate it. Send us a screenshot of that and get you some swag action in the mail for free. Jell, where else can they find us at? Hit us up on our presenting sponsor, Anchor, uh, both on the web and via the app. Uh, Anchor, just search anchor.fm. Over to the app, just search Anchor on your Google Play or Apple App Store. They allow us to do all of our presenting, our editing, and our publishing to you guys for free. Uh, you can head, you can listen to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Pods, a.k.a. no excuses not to listen. Also, make sure to uh, hit us up on our YouTube page again. Search Dead Arm Sports. Our channel should pop up right at the very top of your results. Hit subscribe. Hit that. Uh, hit that bell. Ding. And Ding. Uh, and make sure to subscribe there. Comment on any videos. Hit that like button on all of our videos as well. And uh, and again, we you know we're all we're always waiting here. We're always ready for some uh, some comments in that chat box when we're recording hashtag live on a YouTube. So. We're here to, to answer any questions that that, uh, that you all may have. But but make sure to subscribe, rate, and review whatever your chosen listening platform is. All right. Again, that will do it. Appreciate everybody out there listening. We'll be back for a big action-packed episode dropping on Thursday. Going to talk, uh, what do we got, AFC South, the exciting Yee-haw! division there. Going to give you our live draft for the open championship picks talk a little bit uh, about greg norman having to eat at hardy's because he wasn't welcome at the (laughs) open championship dinner but uh get into that on thursday you can uh, (laughs) make sure you check out that episode and joe close us out a famous quote from kevin malone of the office my worst breakup was with stacy it was a sunday morning we were reading the paper and i said oh my god I think the Eagles can clinch the NFC East. And she said, we're done.